0: The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. Coming up, world renowned author and speaker Ravi Zacharias answers the question How should believers respond to the anti Christian culture of today?
1: My mother, who came from the southern part of India, had a proverb for every occasion, and uh, she used to she used to tell me, whenever you cut off a person's nose, there's no point giving them a rose to smell. <laughs> <laughs> so apologetics cannot cut off a person's nose. We are presenting the sweet aroma of Christ. Absolutely.
2: all of you. And that is for our guest, Robbie Zacharias. you will meet him in just a moment. I'm James Robinson and my wife Betty and I welcome you to life today. We have many people we admire and appreciate. We appreciate you. Every one of you who pray for what God has commissioned us to do as a ministry and who encourages, thank you. The missionaries think you are their best friend because you enable them to do what God called them to do. Ravi Zacharias is a gift from God, I believe, to the church in this day, I think to the world, and I praise God for him. Would you give a great welcome to Ravi Zacharias? Good to see you, baby. Ravi, I, I wish we had an hour but this is not Oprah, okay? <laughs> and it's not Dr. Phil. But in a brief period
1: of time, I would like you to share with our viewers what God has put on your heart. Uh, James and I were talking, for those of you listening and over the period of months, we've talked quite a bit actually. He is a very dear friend. And uh, I've been terribly concerned over the last few years about the trajectory of culture, whither it is headed, why it is headed this way, what kind of thinking undergirds this kind of decision-making and so on. And, of course, I've had four arenas in which I have done a lot of work, the academic, the political, the business and the arts, and those are the four shaping institutes or institutions of the way we think and why we think the way we do. And I'll be very honest with you, if I were to have my ideal choice right now, I've been on the road now for 40-some years, and the ministry as we know at RZM has been in existence 30 years. I would love to just, to use the um, proverbial phrase, hang up the skates, you know, and just sit back at home in front of a desk and write. You could enjoy it, enjoy more time with my children and grandchildren now. And I'm not just saying this because it sounds good, it's true. That's really what I would rather do. But watching what's happening globally. Over the last year and a half, I've given careful thought, how best can we train our young, how do we help typical families, cope with the hard questions of our time? How do we give not merely intellectual answers, but emotionally felt answers that crosses this greatest chasm between the head and the heart? Francis Schaeffer had Labrie going in the 60s and 70s. And he and Everett Koop wrote the book, you know, How Shall We Then Live? They saw whither we were headed. They talked about it. They saw this brave new world coming. We didn't take that philosophical bent too seriously. And now here we are with sort of no absolutes, no moral soil on which to build our laws and so forth. So. I'm, uh, with the help of my team, forming what we are calling IACT, the Institute of Apologetics and Contemporary Thought. I was being invited to build it in Indonesia. There was a businessman willing to fund the whole thing. But I said, no, I really need to do it back home. I need to be with the family. And America needs a place like this desperately for global communication. So it'll be a kind of a global center for Christian thought responding to the intellectual, cultural, felt issues of our time. And we've already seen a property. We'll have scholars in residence, people like John Lennox, the well-known scientist, Nabil Qureshi, a marvelous testimonial from an Islamic background and his faith in Christ. We'll have the finest exponents and thinkers at a popular level, James, that's important. We have the Oxford Center for Christian Apologetics that deals with things at an academic and intellectual level because we have to meet the rigors of Oxford University's demands. But here at a popular level, pastors, youth pastors, dads, mums, junior highs, senior highs, college students who know how to engage with the issues of our time, WE'VE ALREADY SPOTTED A PROPERTY. IT'S A BEAUTIFUL 70-ACRE LOT IN ATLANTA. WE'VE PUT IN AN INTENT TO BUY. AND, YOU KNOW, AT MY STAGE, I'D RATHER NOT HAVE THAT BURDEN ON MY SHOULDERS. BUT I FEEL IF THERE'S A LEGACY, THIS MINISTRY IS GOING TO LEAVE. IT IS IACT THAT WE HOPE BY NEXT YEAR WILL BE UP AND RUNNING, THE CLOSING OF THE DEAL WE HOPE WILL BE END OF THIS YEAR but there's a lot of cash involved in this to buy this because I would not put the ministry in debt. And so those of you who are listening, please pray with us, think this through with us. And James invited me here so graciously to talk about it. If this goes as it is planned, James, we will have some of the most sophisticated thinkers at a popular level equipping this generation and our families to deal with the four questions of life origin, meaning, morality, and destiny. I carry in my BlackBerry many letters. One of them is from a 14-year-old Bahrainian, and he was talking to me after being at a meeting, and he wrote three or four profound paragraphs. I read it to some pastors just shortly before the taping of this program, and you'd be... SPELLBOUND LISTENING TO HIM. HE'D READ EVERYTHING WE HAD WRITTEN ON DIFFERENT SUBJECTS, FROM CAN MAN LIVE WITHOUT GOD TO DELIVER US FROM EVIL. HE COULD NAME EVERY SERMON EVER DELIVERED BY OUR TEAM. AND HE SAID, this, THESE MESSAGES HAVE CHANGED MY LIFE. HE SAID, I'VE BEEN FOLLOWING YOU FROM THE TIME I WAS FIVE YEARS OLD and now I'm 14, he said. He uh, he has just moved from Bahrain to Toronto where he'll be going to university. There are scores of young men and women like that who want to track, who want to engage, and we have just neglected that hunger. So IACT, God willing, will be launched in uh, January of 2016 as a center for global base for Christian apologetics at a popular level to reach people at all ages, to engage people in the public square and in the, in the workplace and to be able to make a meaningful defense of the Christian faith and do so with love and gentleness and respect. 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. Always set apart in your heart Christ as Lord and be prepared to give a reason for the hope that is within you and to do that with gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. That's what is gonna be done at IACT in Atlanta, Georgia.
2: Do you appreciate a vision to do what he just referenced?
1: I, uh, I want you to go to
2: the website, uh, Ravi Zacharias International Ministry, RZIM, and you'll see there on the website a place where you can learn about this center. And Ravi, you know that we at Life Outreach, you know how much we feel uh, a, really a common call and a commitment to, to be yoked together. Uh, for the lord for his glory with what you're called to do and we want our viewers to go there we want you to find a can we help it would be some place you would want to send a family member a young person to learn and if if we really know the truth don't just try to defend truth. We don't know and experience and live. Uh, if we know it, it, it has that transforming effect. Otherwise, it's just words. It's, it's just hooting in the wind. It's, it means right. nothing. Right. And uh, tell us, tell the viewers, because some may not understand what you mean by apologetics. Yeah.
1: Give us a simple definition. I'll do that. And also, just to reinforce, this building, by the way, has already got 35 fully equipped hotel rooms. It's got a state-of-the-art kitchen. It's got all of this ready there with a cyber capacity to touch the globe. So the physical structures are there for what we want. Apologetics is a Greek word, from comes from the Greek word transliterated into English, apologia, Always be prepared to give an apologia, a reason for the hope that is within you. When Peter saw the confusion at Pentecost, remember, he said, let me explain. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. He's bringing evidence to bear and giving an explanation. Apologetics has two prongs to it. It is not merely giving an answer to questions, but it is making truth claims clear. That's a very critical point. We have to understand with clarity not only why we believe what we believe, but what it is we actually believe. When Paul says to Timothy, guard your doctrine and your conduct, what we believe is important. That informs how we live. So apologetics is that discipline. And I want to say to you, it's not a military term. It's not to destroy the opponent. It's not like a warfare where you want to vanquish the opposition. You have to win the opposition. Mm -hmm. My mother, who came from the southern part of India, had a proverb for every occasion. uh, she used to. She used to tell me, whenever you are cut off a person's nose, there's no point giving them a rose to smell. <laughs> you know? So apologetics cannot cut off a person's nose. We are presenting the sweet aroma of Christ. Absolutely. And that's, that's what our team is doing there. RZM is now based in about a dozen countries with about 45 full-time apologists. What a fine group of men and women we have and facing the challenges of the time. But it is not just the message, it is the method. I'll give you one quick illustration of this. When we were at Johns Hopkins a couple of years ago, they said it was the largest gathering in an audience for a religious occasion in their recent or known history. They had to open up several different rooms, James. It was just an overflow crowd. I think if I remember right, uh, uh, I'm not sure it was over a thousand or what in the room, but it was an overflow crowd and then five extra rooms of it. (laughs) One young gal who was 18 came up to the front and she said, you know, I have arrived here this weekend because I'm checking this university out. I'm not a student here. I didn't believe any of this stuff that you and your colleague were talking about today. SHE SAID, BUT TODAY AFTER LISTENING TO NOT JUST WHAT WAS SAID, BUT THE WAY IT WAS SAID, I'M IMPRESSED. I WANT TO KNOW MORE. AND I HAD THE PRIVILEGE OF LEADING HER TO CHRIST Mm -hmm. AT THE FRONT OF THE AUDITORIUM just because of the methodology espoused. You cannot just have theological integrity in what you say. You have to have a methodological correctness. So whether Saul or whether Paul is speaking to Felix or whoever he is, he's dealing with them at their level within their context. And if you ask the right questions, you open them up within their own assumptions, and then you can give the determine, determine the entry point of the discussion and give the right answer. So that's what apologetics is. You talk today when you talk to the pastors about people who were happy pagans, uh,
2: passionate pagans. They're happy where they are and yet they're all drunk on whatever it is they can get in, in filled with trying to fill the vacuum inside because they're so empty, but we don't seem to know how to
1: approach them. Well, this was what actually I was uh, drove me to this calling. I was uh, a professor at that time, in the mid-1980s, uh, teaching in Nyack, New York, with a young family, quite well settled. I was chairing the department there, dealing with contemporary issues, and had the privilege of speaking for Billy Graham at Amsterdam 83. It was a wonderful privilege for me. That was the first time I met Dr. Billy Graham and the whole team. It was quite a, uh, an emotional moment for me to meet this great evangelist and be on the platform with him. But when I saw this gathering of 4,000 of the the world's leading evangelists and saw there was a gap, and I talked to Dr. Graham about this then talked to Leighton Ford at length about it and to Cliff Barrows, you know, most of our evangelism was being done to the unhappy pagan the one whose life was falling apart, and that's fine, because they know that Jesus says, when, they, when you know you're sick, you know, it's a blessing mm-hmm. to you because Sweet you doctor. can find, find a physician. But the happy pagan is actually more lost. At least the unhappy pagan knows something is missing. But the, the happy pagan, so-called the term that I gave to somebody who tranquilized their meaninglessness with substitutions of pleasure, fame, wealth, and then you get somebody so successful like Lee Iacocca, the automotive magnate, who came, who gave an interview to Good Housepe- Housekeeping and said this: "Here I am in the twilight years of my life, still wondering what it's all about." Mm-hmm. He said, "Fame and fortune is for the birds. I know that for sure." AND I'M WONDERING WHAT IT IS ALL ABOUT. JACK HIGGINS, WHO WROTE THE EAGLE HAS LANDED, WHEN HE WAS BEING INTERVIEWED, HE WAS ASKED WHAT IS IT HE KNEW THEN THAT HE WISHED HE'D KNOWN AS A YOUNGER MAN? HE SAID, I WISH SOMEBODY HAD TOLD ME WHEN I WAS YOUNGER WHAT I KNOW NOW, THAT WHEN YOU GET TO THE TOP, THERE'S NOTHING THERE. Hmm. <laughs> THE LONELIEST PEOPLE ON THIS PLANET ARE THOSE WHO HAVE ALL THAT THE WORLD PURSUES, AND THEY COME AWAY EMPTY. Now. If that which they had accomplished and gained were all turned over into the hands of Jesus Christ and expressed in pure worship, think of how meaningful that life could be in the alleviating of suffering of so much of humanity, in the education needs that we see. I see needs all over the place. You see them, you and Betty help meet them and your ministry does. But I just think this calling that I saw then to the happy pagan was a daunting one, James and Betty, and I'll tell you why. I'm a private person. I don't even like being recognized. I'm very happy to be with home, with my family. If anybody asks me, what do you love to do most? I'll tell you in one simple line, take my wife out for dinner. (laughs) That, when I know that the next day I will be home and will be able to take her out for dinner, that is a fulfilling thing to me as an itinerant. So to stand before hostile audiences is not something that I'm comfortable with, but I knew unless we get there, we were not going to make a difference. And now to see sophisticated thinkers, faculty members, professors, people in the acting world and the business world who'll write to us letters and say, can I talk to you for about 15 minutes? One of the most famous, act- famous actors in the Philippines, I uh, have somebody in your audience, a close friend of mine who now knows that man, walked forward after a meeting in Manila. I'd spoken on meaning and this handsome, tall guy puts his arms out like this and he says, I don't know what you're talking about meaning. I'm full of pain, shame and guilt, my life is empty. What do you have to say to help me? I said, you're talking about that? You look like a man made for the movies. Little did I know, he was an actor. (laughs) (laughs) He'd made a wreck of his life. And if he were here, he would probably say it. If anybody here is from the Philippines, I'm talking about a man called Hayden Coe. Well known, when you see what he did to his life and messed up his life. We chatted that night. He said, can I travel with you wherever you go? I'll pay my way for the next three to four months. Mm. I introduced him to the gentleman who's in your audience here today and we saw him make his commitment to Jesus and Christ. Great. Right as I'm talking to you, he's in Oxford where I head within a few hours and see him tomorrow taking our course in apologetics. The changed life that we see again and again is a reinforcement. Don't you want to see this? Don't you want to see this, this passion? You know, Betty, you heard uh,
2: you heard uh, Ravi speak at Gateway, our church. She sat with me in the front row and she wept. Why did you weep?
3: Well, you know, uh, as a homemaker, I can't go out and I can't now this time in my life get the knowledge that you have through your training and your studying and everything. But I do, as a Christian, feel the responsibility. You know, my mom, when I was little and I wanted to do something, and, and uh, she said, no, you can't do that. And I'd say, why? Because I said so. Well, that's not good enough anymore. We, we need to, as Christians, to really, in, through God's Word and through our time spent with Him, ask God for wisdom and understanding, and that, and with His love, we can make a difference, each one of us. We, we won't have the opportunities that, that Robbie has or maybe James and I have, but you can too. You make the difference with your individual lives and knowing that God has a purpose for you. And so we need to really ask God, this time in our lives when things are such chaos, God, give me wisdom. Give me understanding and God direct me and lead me and give me the love that only you can give that makes the difference in their lives. Because they are looking for understanding. They are looking for truth, but they want proof of that truth. And that truth is Jesus Christ. And
2: that's what Riley wants to teach. And uh, I want to, you go to the website. There it is. You see it there on the screen at home. And I want you to ask God, God, what do you want me to do? I want to help and you may know people who are able to help substantially. I'll do my best to encourage that. This needs to happen. Would you say thanks to Ravi again, just for sharing the heart of God and his love. Ravi, you've written a book, and we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk to Ravi in the next program, Why Suffering, and about some of the things we go through. I'll, I'll be glad to send you the book. You can, of course, get it in the bookstores. Ravi, you asked us tonight, before we came out, you saw these little shoes sitting on the table, and you said, what are those? And uh, and then you told an incredible story about your son giving away a brand new pair of shoes to a man and what it meant. And this is what we're going to do. And uh, I I want you to watch because this is something we call shoes and smiles for Christmas. We're going to do cleft palate surgery. We're going to give shoes to a couple hundred thousand little children. And we're going to do it in the name of Jesus and his love at a Christmas time. And we've got to raise the funds right now. I want you to watch closely. You're going to actually see... Our youngest daughter, who's with Jesus, you're gonna see her oldest son on the mission field right after he graduated from Baylor. And I think you're gonna be moved by what you see. Watch closely.
3: Oh, that's awful. That is awful. I can't even imagine, you know, just walking around with this this toe. There's all the dirt and the gravel. It looks so infected, I'm afraid it's going to start creeping up his foot. And the thing about it is if he just had this shoe on, just the simple, the, the, the simple things that we take for granted, if he just had this shoe on his foot, this wouldn't have happened. One of the reasons these shoes are so important, walking barefoot, they can contract a lot of diseases. Uh, so, I mean, I'm looking at their feet right now and the toenails are completely gone. They feel like the bottom of your shoe probably does.
1: This year, you helped Life Outreach provide food and water for children all over the world, and they're eternally grateful. This coming Christmas season, we'd like to put an extra smile on their face by giving them a pair of shoes for their very own. And for children who have difficulty smiling because of a cleft palate, doctors are available to perform corrective surgery, giving them a chance for a healthy life.
0: Linda? Malini.
3: Malini. There you go, Melanie.
1: This coming season, nah, help us provide children Christmas shoes and smiles.
2: Well, that puts a big smile on my face to know we can do those surgeries also. That was our grandson who graduated from Baylor this past spring and uh, went straight over to uh, the Mission Missionville, went right over to Angola. And I think many of you know that is the son, the oldest son. She has two. And the daughter, but that's the uh, oldest son of our daughter that went to be with Jesus a couple of years ago. And you have prayed for me and Betty with so much love. And we want to thank you for it. But that's her son. He's always had a, a missionary love and heart. Yes, and uh, he is uh, coaching in a Christian school right now. And and what a what a blessing you are, Chris. Thanks. And to all of you who watch, you know, Betty, I, I think that, that our viewers have to be excited seeing the, the need that, that terribly diseased foot. And knowing that a shoe will keep children that you and I have seen actually dying in hospitals from the disease they got by what they stepped on. Mm-hmm. And so we're asking you, please, right now, help us give 200,000 uh, pairs of shoes. They're 360 apiece, a piece. And $36 would uh, provide 10 144 would give uh, 40 children's shoes. I-, I know there's a level. And-, and please don't ever think that because your amount is smaller than what someone else does, that it's less important. It may be the most important of all. It might be that somebody's watching and so I could just give one pair of shoes, and that's great. It's important to that child. But whatever you can do, we're asking you to go online, lifetoday.org. Use your bank card like a check. If you want to write a check, by the way, make it to life and then mail it in. But do us a favor. If you're going to make it on a bank card and, and you'd like to call rather than go online, we'll call the telephone number there. And if you write a check, call us and tell us what you're sending. We need to know because we have to raise the funds. It's a considerable amount for 200,000 pairs of shoes and for all of the cleft palate surgeries we can do at 500 apiece. We're praying many people will give $1,000 and we'll be able to do two of those surgeries. But whatever you can do, you can go online or you can dial the number and use your bank card like a check. That's how you should always use them. And make the gift God enables you and leads you to make. Father, help each person watching today to simply follow your lead and know that the love they express never fails to accomplish the intended work that you have. Father, thank you so much for the love that is shared by our viewers, in Jesus' name. I really do believe that you, you're not only an answer to the prayer I just prayed, but the prayers of many missionaries And I wanna thank you for going to the phone. I wanna thank you for going online. We're gonna send you the little uh, Christmas ornament. It's so beautiful. And if you make a gift of over $100, we're not only send you the one for this year, but all the others that are boxed up like this. You'll have five of them. And uh, they become great conversation pieces when friends ask you, what is that? Tell them where you got it. And by the way, don't forget the smiles. It was this smile that got me right here. And a lot of little children, they don't have a smile. They deserve one. And you know what, miraculously in love, we can give them a smile. So if you can give one, do it. If you can give a couple of them or more, do it. Mm -hmm. And we thank you for that. Thank you so much for your gift.
0: Poverty is a killer. And because of it, children needlessly suffer, not only from a lack of food and clean water, but also from a lack of things we take for granted, such as a healthy smile or a simple pair of shoes. For most of these children, they've never owned a new pair of shoes. And while that may seem minor in the light of all their needs, walking with bare feet puts them at risk of life-threatening infections that could lead to crippling consequences, disease, and even death. By responding today, you can help life immediately secure and begin shipping Christmas shoes to 200,000 children around the world just in time for the holidays. Your gift of $36 will help provide 10 pairs of shoes a gift of $72 will help provide 20 pair, and a gift of $144 will help provide 40 pairs of Christmas shoes for children in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request this beautifully crafted green antique shoe ornament, a treasure to place on your tree each holiday season. With your gift of $100 or more, you may also request a special boxed set of Life's Christmas shoe ornaments from past years. Finally, please consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help provide over 275 pairs of shoes or two children with corrective cleft palate surgeries. And you may request our beautifully framed canvas prints of the Forest Chapel. Please call, write, or make your gift online today.
2: Betty, what do you think about all these beautiful feet and these beautiful children?
3: I think they deserve some pretty little shoes on their feet, don't you? And it's not just to to give them shoes, it is to bless them, we wanna bless them. But the shoes have a real important use too, James, they can protect their feet from getting cuts and bruises and also from disease.
2: Well, we found out that hookworms actually get in the skin of their feet, just sometimes walking in dirt or sand, and then it actually ends up in their intestines and then it can just be, it can be deadly. Let's put shoes on all these beautiful children's beautiful feet. <laughs> It'll just be such a wonderful gift to make at this time. And I hope you'll do all you can. Just give as many pairs as you can to bless as many children and their families as you can. You know, this little Christmas ornament, is it's not just a little token. It's, it's a conversation piece. We got the whole set of four others, and now this makes five. And... There's not a person who walks in our home during the Christmas season and doesn't notice the shoes and talk about it, and we tell them what we're doing, what love does. If you'd like to have Robbie's book, Why Suffering, Finding Meaning and Comfort When Life Doesn't Make Sense, what a treasure this will be at this time in your life. And uh, we want to be a blessing to you. Thank you for blessing so many children, giving them a smile, giving them some shoes. Join me and Betty in saying thanks again to (laughs) Robbie's Zachariah. (laughs) you. You go and... uh, Go online now and visit Robbie's website to help him fulfill the vision God put in his heart.
0: Whoever asked, how can an all-powerful, all-loving God allow this volume of suffering? Ravi Zacharias helps us find hope in the midst of suffering. Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.